This is Sarah Bordeaf, and you are listening to PodSAM, the podcast channel of SAM Magazine, the voice of the mountain resort industry. On this episode of PodSAM, we're sharing a story looking back at the roots of a small community ski hill and the people who are bringing it back. This is the third installment of the My First Mountain program, brought to you in partnership with Snow Operating, where we asked industry leaders, readers, and listeners to share where you first learned to ski or ride and how your first home mountain shaped where you are today. Today's story came to us by email and we loved it so much, we asked Hiram Toll, General Manager of Mount Ashland, Oregon, to record it in his own words so that we could share it with all of you. I'm Hiram Toll. I'm the General Manager at Mount Ashland, um, small community nonprofit ski area in Southern Oregon. And um, I wanted to talk about my first mountain. Um, when I was just a baby, my father was on ski patrol at Crotchet Mountain in Francistown, New Hampshire. And I mastered my pizza at uh, just two years old, and I was in the early 70s. Every available day or night we had, we were in the patrol room and uh, ready to head out for adventure. And I can still picture the red snowsuit I wore as I explored the mountain like I owned the place with the rest of my friends. I remember walking into the lodge in my wooden skis, uh, still firmly attached, uh, to go to the bathroom because safety straps were just a horrible invention. I don't know who came up with that, but... I'd rather see my ski go downhill than be strapped in with a, a Arlsberg strap or a safety strap. Uh, but in the end, I didn't make it. And when my wa- mom was washing the red suit, uh, she asked, well, why didn't you just go into the woods? And not knowing that was an option, I, uh, I said, because uh, uh, I, I didn't know I could. And when I found out it was an option, I never saw the lodge bathrooms again. In fact, I went bell to bell every day, and back then parents were comfortable letting even the tiniest of skiers roam free, especially on a little mountain like Crotchet where everybody knew everybody else. After sacrificing a number of wool mittens to the rope toe, I moved on to the T-bar where I would ride solo as not to have the T in my back um, with uh, taller folk, and I essentially floated in midair, spinning in circles until uh, I was able to jump off at the top. The lift operators love that, and they cringe to see the bar swinging into the uh, the guides around the bullwheel and narrowly escaping a D-rope. Um, I was not allowed to ride the old hall double until I could raise the heavy steel safety bar on my own. In fact, we had a hand-carved sign about safety bar requirements that was spelled safety bar, missing the E, and we always got to chuckle about that on pretty much every ride. Despite the small size, crotchet never got old. Full tucks down Willets Run and Blitz were commonplace. Pre-jumping the head wall on Blitz was a necessity to avoid flat splatting and landing. Uh, my mom made me a patrol belt, and my junior patrol career was launched. We would do sweep with our parents at the end of the day, tucking Blitz, of course, so we weren't a whole lot of help. But as time passed, the lodge became more of a second home to me. It, it was home. After the lifts closed, the kids played in the snow or wore out the video games or ate french fries, um, all while our parents listened to the Bavarian Oompa Band and ate fondue in the bar. I can still remember the smell of the fondue, um, dirty feet cheese on the, uh, on the second floor as they were up on the third floor. And all throughout my school years, we'd ski under the lights in the after-school programs, as many kids do, and we'd steal a kiss on the dark chairlift and hold hands on the bus ride home. Uh, Many a romance has blossomed at the ski hill. Uh, 
you know, even at our younger age. And my mom and now my sister, Danielle, they volunteered to manage a few of the after-school programs. And as a result, we also had season passes at Pat's Peak as schools were lured from one area to the other. Pat's was not my first mountain, but an incredibly important part of my early ski life. Uh, Glenn Plake perfectly described Pat's as a little skier factory in a movie that I've seen, which is a testament to their fact uh, that they can cram hundreds of kids, um, dozens of school buses into the parking lot night after night. They still do that to this day. Our Crotchet Mountain family grew and consisted of folks that were, you know, from near and far. Many of them would uh, never be seen outside of the ski area. It wasn't like we had dinner dates or uh, attended each other's birthday parties, but we still considered them to be the closest of friends. And the closest we ever got to non-skiing gatherings were the trips to Grandmother's Restaurant and Alberto's. Uh, Alberto's had the tagline, the best food by a dam site, as it sat next to a dam at a small mill in uh, Bennington, New Hampshire. I still remember so many families that inhabited the mountain to this day, despite having no contact with them in decades. Eventually, when the cross trails were created, the link, what would be called Crotchet East, to the Bobcat, um, which was previously called Onset Side, Uh, The mountain got larger, but it was always more fond of the original east side and its iconic lodge and the more exciting terrain, and that's what fills my memories. As I reflect back, my best memories were hanging out on the top shack of the chair in my ski patrol uniform with my dad, building jumps with friends and exploring every inch of the mountain. One of the most vivid memories was getting my first ride in an old Tucker Snowcat. And in a bizarre twist of fate, I now live 30 minutes from Medford, Oregon, which is the home of Tucker, the original Snowcat. I also rode in a Sprite there. I remember that too. And I get all nostalgic every time I pass by that Tucker factory. You see those beautiful orange machines sitting out front. And time wore on, as with many small ski areas, the mountain's financial position slid downhill after a few bad seasons and an unsuccessful condo development project. And eventually, my little home mountain was closed in 1989, filing Chapter 11. And, of course, we were all devastated. Thanks to Nelsap, the New England Lost Ski Areas Project, who I credit for the pictures that I stole to submit um, this story, um, My skinning buddies would seek out all kinds of small defunct ski areas across New England to have semi-manicured backcountry skiing. Uh, My friends and I continued to skin to the top of Crouched. We were bagging turns on the still skiable runs. And that all ended on a full moon night, I remember clearly, um, where we sat at the top drinking brandy and we took our final run in the moonlight, um, dodging the inevitable saplings that had taken back the trails and returned them to forest. Uh, The lifts were still sitting eerily silent, chairs and tees swinging in the wind, and we all wept. You know, it finally sunk in that my old stomping grounds just weren't coming back. But then, uh, miraculously, in 2003, the west side was purchased and redeveloped by Peak Resorts. They did an amazing job rebuilding the area to withstand the tough winters um, with an impressive snowmaking system and... uh, if I'm not mistaken, they could blanket the area in just a you know, couple of days, if not uh, hours. And they could open if the temperatures allowed, which is what, what they really needed to do uh, with the dodgy winters that had plagued the mountain. Uh, many were not impressed with the new industrial steel building, myself included. But um, again, for me, it, was, it wasn't about the lodge. It was about the skiing and the vibe and the family and that camaraderie that lives only in these little communities ski areas. 
I was elated that, unlike most defunct ski areas, Crotchet came back and is still here today. It's extremely rare for ski areas to return from the dead and to have my first mountain rise from the ashes. It just fills me with hope for the future of these special places. Antelope Butte is a recent success story and a reminder that with community support, anything is possible. Let's all hope for more. A year before Crotchet's triumphant return, I left the misery of a very successful high-tech career. After my wife and uh, Janine and I did some soul-searching and dug deep into what was important in life, we took a huge cut in pay and started in the ski business as I joined the team at Sunday River in 2002. I worked my way through the ranks there for over 12 years when I finally returned to the soul and the deep roots of skiing. I'm proud to now manage Mount Ashland um, here in Southern Oregon. Again, we're a nonprofit community ski area, and we also um, share those same challenges as Crotchet as all small ski areas do in times of higher costs and shorter, more unpredictable winters. My first year at the helm followed the 50th anniversary season at Mount Ashland. Uh, they received only 100 inches of snow in 2014 and the lifts never spun and the area teetered on the edge of closure as it has so many times before. In my first season I was painfully delivered 87 inches of snow and we managed to squeeze 38 days of operation out of every last snowflake. We closed and reopened three different times. With a few good winters since, our position is as strong as ever and we're braced for difficulties ahead, but there are no guarantees. We're snow farmers. You know, and farming isn't always that great, especially when Mother Nature takes her extended vacations. Mount Ashland's returned me to the feelings I could only get at my first mountain, the most important mountain in my life, Crotched Mountain. The one that fostered my love of this amazing sport and the wonderful people that make it what it is. Support your community ski hills, the most important ones on the planet. Without them, millions of people will not have the life-changing experiences these little mountains deliver experiences that grow from your roots that you plant on your first mountain. Thank you for sharing your story, Hiram. You know, community ski resorts like Mount Ashland are coming back all around North America thanks to the efforts of people like Hiram and their communities. You can read about a few of them in the pages of Sam Magazine by subscribing at saminfo.com slash subscribe. Do you have a My First Mountain story to share? Head to saminfo.com slash myfirstmountain and let us know where you learn to ski or ride. Learn more about our My First Mountain partner, Snow Operating, at www.snowoperating.com. We are hard at work on the next episodes of PodSAM, including the Summit Series Leadership Development Program, interviews with industry leaders, and more. So stay tuned because it's coming your way soon. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. The PodSAM advisor is Alex Kaufman, the Wintry Mix podcast guy. I am Sarah Bordeaux, and thank you for listening to PodSAM.